Hello everyone and welcome back to the next episode of Balancing Business and Babies. Today I'm joined by Harrison Cantel. Harrison is someone that I've followed on LinkedIn for a very long time. He is a business owner and founder of H Creative, a media brand company and marketing company that specializes in helping people build a personal brand through the power of videos. He has over 6,000 followers on LinkedIn and he's fantastic. Harrison is a dad and a father-to-be as well. He is due to have another baby soon. I'm so excited to have you listening to this episode and I can't wait to talk to Harrison. I am so excited to talk to you, Harrison. I've been following you for a while on LinkedIn and doing videos is something that I really need to push myself this year. It's on my to-do list, but you are doing so well and you're so huge and I'm so grateful that you've come on the podcast I'm so excited to have you on but obviously I just wanted to have a little chat with you about being a dad and how you manage doing what you're doing really and a little bit about your background so do you want to introduce yourself and give me a little bit of a background about you and tell people a little bit about Harrison 100% so firstly thank you for having me secondly this is so refreshing because this is the first ever podcast interview live whatever that I've done that isn't solely focused around video marketing. This is tapping into the other layer and the other side of my life, which is super exciting. And I'm obviously very open about being a dad and an entrepreneur. For those that don't know, my name is Harrison. I have a marketing agency called H Creative. And it's a two-prong attack. It's helping people to overcome camera shyness and feeling more confident putting themselves out there online, which is how my business has been built. And then the second part of it is the done-for-you part. So taking away the stress and the pressure and the time constraints that people have when it comes to creating video content. So the editing, the scripting, all of those parts that people are like, ew, I don't want to do that. That's what myself and my team take care of. So yeah, super excited to chat to you. And this is a really important topic. And I'm glad that you are pushing this message out. Thank well, you. Yeah, it's, you're actually my first dad that I've had on the podcast. A lot of it has been mums and sort of other carers and caregivers. But you're the first dad that I've had on. How long have you been actually doing the videos for and has your video style changed since you became a dad, do you think? Do you become more fun and open? Because on your videos on LinkedIn, you're really engaging and you'll be really to get into it. And I know that's like a style of video, but would you say that kind of came a little bit more from being a father? It's a very good question. I would say I don't think the style has changed as such. I've definitely learned a lot from my daughter. So she's three, she's four in April. So she's a three-nager at the moment. And for any parent out there, which I imagine is a lot of people listening, you know what that's like. I've learned a lot from her. I wouldn't say my style's changed, but my whole approach to life and business has changed, which I guess comes across in my videos. So I'm way more open now about talking and about my failures or my learnings, however you want to phrase them. I'm way more open about my mental health and the struggles that I've had. So I think that naturally has come across in my content, not necessarily videos, but just across the board. I'm way more open. I don't hold as much back as I used to, because I used to think if I share what's gone wrong, then that makes me not as much of an expert as the next person. But actually, it as brings people closer. And I truly believe that every piece of content you put out there especially the personal stuff, brings you one step closer to your ideal clients and to like-minded people. So no is the short answer. Um, I don't think it's changed my style, but it's definitely changed my whole approach to everything. Perfect. Yeah. I think, I, I, as I say, I, I need to do more, more videos, but I, the videos that I have done, 
I think I stressed as a lot of people do that they don't look right and that they focus so much on the the post edit version of it. Are the captions in the right place? Does the quality look good? As opposed to actually just saying what it is that I wanted to say, I focus in my head too much about what I'm actually looking like on camera. And this yeah. year I've told myself that I need to get more into the stop giving a fuck phase actually. Let's look at it how it is. Let's look at it from what we're talking about here is parenthood, but we're also talking about putting yourself out there. So let's compare the two. So when you have your first child, it's very daunting. You get lots of advice from other people, right? Which is the same when it comes to LinkedIn and video and stuff. There's so many different people telling you what to do, what to buy, whatever. Realistically, no one has a clue. No one has it all sussed out. No one's got it all worked out. So it's those little small steps initially that compound over time. So for me, when it comes to parenthood and also putting out videos, it was the same principle. And it's the fact that I didn't have a clue. So every day I was learning and I'm still learning now and I will be till she's bloody putting me in a care home. So it's a constant learning process. And I say the same with video. Don't overcomplicate it. I can't believe, by the way, we're talking about the comparison to putting out a video and bringing up a child, but they're quite similar in certain ways. But it's about not overcomplicating it and not overthinking it. So don't go and buy loads of expensive equipment because you're wasting your money. And if you are scared of being on camera, the last thing you want is thousands of pounds worth of expensive equipment in your face. It's terrifying. Keep it simple. Use this thing that's never more than three feet away from you. Hit record and share with the world your message. That's the starting that's point. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that. You that's what you're going to do, Lucy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be my main thing. Actually, the, you said about the mess ups that you've made that you didn't really want to put them out there originally but they were actually some of my higher views the ones that I've sent videos out and I've put oh this is where I messed up on this video and I sent it out anyway just as a kind of a funny video but that was one of the highest yeah. engaging videos that I got and I thought actually it's because people can see what I'm like they can see me as a person and I've got a video somewhere where my, my three-year-old runs on the camera and I'm like, Ineka, what are you doing? You can either panic and stop or you can embrace it and go with it because distractions happen. There's, when I used to live in Birmingham, I was living in a terraced house. So there was people either side of me, all sorts of noises, dogs, cats, screaming, kids, whatever. And I didn't have any other option than to just keep going because there was never going to be a quiet period unless I did it at three in the morning, in which case I then become the annoying one for the neighbours. So it was just persevere, deal with it. I remember one time my doorbell went and I used to have the chime for the doorbell in my office, which was a very stupid idea. So during the video, I literally take the camera downstairs, grab the parcel off the poster and come back upstairs. Like you've just got to go with it. It's always going to happen. And I think the more you embrace those mistakes and those mess ups, quote unquote, the better you're going to come off from it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. With regards to your business and obviously you said you've got a three-nager at the moment and I hope you don't mind I'm assuming because you put it on LinkedIn it's public knowledge now that you are you're expecting again aren't you congratulations to that with regards to running your business and, and obviously having the three-nager at home how do you keep yourself focused but I suppose as a dad as well you mentioned mental health earlier so I did want to delve into that because I think dad get overlooked quite a lot and I think that a lot of the focus around children and childcare is obviously put on the mums most of the time. But I think a lot of the pressure actually is put on the dads. And I think it's forgotten about because the dads are seen as the providers and they don't get any of the support that they should get afterwards. 
So I wanted to just jump in and see how you're balancing being a dad and having that pressure of being a dad, but also balancing being a business owner as well. So it's a two-part question really there. Yeah. Full transparency, my daughter saved my life. She was the best thing that ever happened to my mental health. During my partner's pregnancy with her, I was not in a good place. I actually felt very overwhelmed. I didn't really know what to expect. It was locked down as well. So there was all sorts of questions about that. Didn't really have a plan of action in terms of how I was going to provide for all of us. Yeah, really tough. The day she was born, just it's been amazing since. And actually my mental health, I've seen get better and better. Obviously, there's other contributing elements such as fitness and health. I've taken that more seriously. And I'll tell you what was a real wake-up call was when we were playing Barbies probably about six or seven months ago, which for all of you out there, what a game, right? What a game to play (laughs) for five minutes. Um, And we played Barbies. Yeah, playing Barbies and I fell asleep. And not because Barbies was boring, but because I was so unhealthy and depressed that I just couldn't even stay awake to play with my own daughter. And that was a point where I was like, this is not okay. And I literally woke up to her going, Daddy, come on, let's carry on playing. I was probably out for 30 seconds by the time she wanted to carry on playing. But the point is, there's a bit more of a serious part to it, which was enough. And that's when I started to kickstart my healthy, more fitness regime approach to life because I don't want to be, or I don't want her to not have old parents i don't want her i want her to have grandparents for as long as possible i want her to have us for as long as possible i want us to be friends as well as parents and siblings or whatever and that's really important for me so that was a huge wake-up call and in terms of the balancing part i think the main shift that i've had recently the main change we've made in the family home is to eat dinner with each other we went for a stage where She'd be sat on her little table eating her dinner at five. Then we'd sit down at seven or eight and it was just a bit dysfunctional. And we weren't actually talking to each other properly. You know, I wanted to know what she's been up to for the day at nursery. And sometimes she doesn't want to talk about that as soon as she gets home. She wants to play and chill, whatever. So actually now every single day when we're all in the house, we sit at the dining table and eat dinner together. That is the best thing we have done in the last three years to bring us closer together as a family unit and I think that's super important yeah I wanted to ask you about that with the family dinners because I know you said about in your when we first spoke you said about having no phone time as well was another important thing that you do as well but yeah I think me and my husband we got into exactly the same routine like I say when we I think we've got a very similar sort of pregnancy Mm. birth story because my little boy was born in lockdown as well and it did bring it did put up basically like a halt on our lives and uh, we threw us out. Not only did we have the new thing of being parents, but we had this kind of thing of not being able to stick in a routine because everything was shut, everything was closed. And we got into a really nasty habit like you did with eating. We were eating really late. My little boy would eat at tea time when normal sort of tea time. But me and my husband's would eat it we'd eat it like stupid at clock at night, like nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night sometimes because Yeah. We wanted to have time with just me and him. And when I tried to cook with our little boy, he was probably like one at the time, he'd come over and he was pinching our food. And we were like, I can't deal with this anymore. I just want to eat my dinner in peace. So we stopped eating with him and we've just carried on with that. We just got in this really nasty habit and we wanted to try and do what you're doing and try and have for more. We do. My one thing is I do Sunday dinners and that's our sort of 
I've tried to mm. keep that as much as I can of having the family around on a Sunday. But I think we need to try and do that as well on an evening and do family dinners. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's been a game changer for us. And also just to emphasize my point earlier about no one has it all sussed out. I mean, there are evenings where I'll sit with my daughter on the sofa, we'll eat pizza and watch TV. So it's not like a, we're not religious about it. And we also understand that every day is different. Some days she may think, actually, I don't want to eat dinner. She just throws her toys out the pram and doesn't want to eat something. So then it's you've just got to adapt. And, and as I said, I'm absolutely no expert. We're very fortunate to have a very well-behaved three-year-old, to be fair to her, dreading what the behavior on the second one that's on the way is <laughs> like, because usually they're they say they're they worse, apparently, yeah. Yeah. If, if he or she is anything like me when I was younger, then we're in trouble. But yeah, I think it's more about just being able to evolve and adapt. And that's something I've learned within business that I've also transferred across the parenthood and vice versa. So just having that self-awareness and that balance. So for example, I used to be a a 5am kind of guy, get up, work before anyone else is awake, especially when my daughter was born. That was the plan before she gets up at seven or whenever she used to wake up, I'd get a couple of hours of work in. There is nothing that I could think of that is worse than that right now. I do not want to be up at five o'clock. So what I do now is I have my morning with her. We have breakfast. We do a packed lunch for nursery. We get dressed, whatever, do our teeth, chill, have a laugh, play Barbies, whatever. And then I get into the office for just before nine or nine o'clock. Whereas before it used to really stress me out and like, oh my God, it's half eight. Like I need to start working. No, I just need to focus my time when I'm at work. And I really enjoy that morning and that evening routine that we have. And I've been very fortunate enough to spend a lot of mornings and evenings with her and doing bath times and stuff, which in my old job, I couldn't do because I wasn't there. Yeah. 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 No, I think freelancing has been, like you say, for me as well, it's what I, it's worked out perfectly for me as a parent. I'm available when the nursery calls, when the school calls and says, which has happened frequently, I might add, that I've got to go pick him up because he's sick. And there's, my, like I said, my husband works, he's employed, but he has this, he, his boss is amazing, so I'm not going to knock his boss. He is very lucky. He's got a very fantastic boss. But he's still got that thing of he's letting people down at work if he needs to leave early or if he's sick, or which is rare. But I was in hospital not long ago, and I rang him, and I said, I'm really, can you go and pick Jake up from school? He needs picking up, and I'm not going to be there. And fortunately, his boss was like, yeah, go. That's not a problem. But in his head, he, I was thinking that he's letting his sort of team down at work he's a butcher and he was thinking we've got so much to do at work and it was coming up to Christmas and I don't have that the only person that I'm letting down is potentially a client but generally they're really understanding but I can just go and I think that kind of actually goes back to what I was asking about this sort of the mental health side of it like with my partner I know that he's a very don't want to generalize it but he's a typical man and I really don't mean to offend anyone by that but he is he bottles stuff up a lot and I can tell there's something wrong and I will say to him just talk to me what is it that tell me what's wrong I can't help if you don't tell me what it is and a lot of it does come from the stress of him being away from his family he's out of the house 50 hours a week and he comes home and he's so tired and he doesn't really get to spend time playing with his son and if he does it's only for half an hour and then he's shattered and then son's going to bed and he's missing all these sort of important parts of it do you find that you've ever had any of that like that you missed anything in terms of like your sort of dad's journey has anything ever occurred that you've thought yeah i need to change here a little bit 
Yeah, I think it was the phone thing. I wouldn't say I missed out on... I try not to beat myself up. So, for example, I've had nights away for work. I've gone and seen a client in a different city. and then. But I try not to beat myself up about that because, obviously, I know why I'm doing that. It's not a holiday. It's not a jolly. Although I love what I do, it's to pay the bills and make sure that we have you know, what we need. However, the phone thing, and I'm still guilty of it now, I've definitely not got this worked out. So if anyone's listening that has a bad relationship with your phone, I'm with you. Yeah. My phone is the reason I'm sat here talking to you and have a business. So I can't sit here and say, I hate my phone. It's awful because I don't. However, my relationship with it in the evenings is a little bit toxic. I spend a little bit too much time with it. I rarely totally switch it off. Although probably about three or four months ago, I I made the decision to every evening at seven o'clock, turn it off and put it on the stairs. Because I was finding that even if I didn't turn it off and just put it on silent or do not disturb, whatever, I was still playing with it. I was still going and checking it. So then I turned it off. Now that didn't carry on every day because something in my mind was telling me, what if someone needs me? What if there's an emergency? What if my partner is at work and needs me or whatever? So then I started turning it back on and here we are now where I've still got this kind of semi-bad relationship with it. And I do find myself sometimes we'll be playing Barbies and I'm on my phone quickly checking a message and I'll be like, oh, babe, I'm just going to check this for two seconds. I'm like, no, why am I doing this? And I do myself up about it. So I'm yet to find a solution to the problem. I know people get these jails for boxes, phones. Yeah. Phone lock. I'm like, yeah, it's all well and good. But again, it's no different to me putting it away and t- turning it off in a sense. I still can't get to it if there's an emergency. So I need to come up with my own solution. But I think it's just about being self-aware. Uh, being aware when you ask, you're holding it in your hand for too long or you're spending too much time on it. And one thing that I've really started doing now, I love my walks. And for any parents out there, the power of walking on your own without the rest of the family, like it's super good. It resets you. And one thing I heard on, a, I think it was a Stephen Bartlett podcast was don't, when you walk, don't have headphones in, just walk. And it, honestly, I did it for the first day and it was the weirdest experience because your mind is then allowed to run free and think of all these crazy things. Whereas when you listen to a podcast or music, you're focused on that. Oh my God, the stuff that I was coming up with, some bad stuff, but also some good stuff, some business ideas. Like I was just constantly thinking for the hour that I was walking really powerful and now i make sure that i do that whenever i'm walking That's really interesting. just don't have anything else going on and just be aware and because we never get to run free with our minds now do we we've always got something in our ears whether it's headphones car radio people so i think it's really important <laughs> it's yeah constant question <laughs> yeah Hi. oh Hi. no Hi. oh yeah. no mine's just got to the why stage and the the no stage as well he's out at the moment now so everything is He'll say to me, do you, I'm hungry. And I'll say, do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. I'm thinking, I don't know what else to offer you here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, but it's all part of it. And I remember I used to be exactly the same. I remember my parents taking us like wherever and I, I'd be in the car going, are we there yet? Or when are we going to be there? Or where are we going? And I think actually, I think there's a little bit of anxiety around that sort of stuff as well. So for me, I used to go... When I went to secondary school, my mum used to take me in the morning before I started getting the bus. And I'd be asking her, who's going to be there? There are going to be loads of people there today. I'm like, and she's obviously thinking, you go every day, you know who's going to be there. Every single day, it was like this weird sensation in my stomach, which I still get now when I take on new challenges and new things. I think there is a massive element of that. And it's scary as well. And for having a child in lockdown has made things very difficult 
in terms of the social part of it and not being able to go to baby classes or parent classes or even meeting up with other parents to a year down the line. My daughter spent one year with myself and my partner, which is great because her speech has come on leaps and bounds because she's been with myself and my partner and we can obviously speak, but she missed out on that social interaction with kids. So kind of introducing her to nursery was a really difficult thing to begin with. Thankfully, she loves it now, but yeah, there's definitely that kind of anxiety and that worry that she has that I think maybe kids that were born before lockdown or after maybe don't have. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually about that with regards to the lockdown side of it. I know that there's actually, if you go on Instagram and TikTok and you sort of type lockdown children or lockdown babies, because obviously they're all the same age now. And they've said there's there's quite a few videos out there saying, has anyone got a lockdown baby? Are they Is it just me or do they behave completely differently to other children? They seem to be, like when my son was first born and he we spent all of my maternity leave in lockdown and like you say, it was just me and my husband and you would have obviously been the same. But I was really worried about him that he was going to be withdrawn and a bit introvert because he'd not met people. He had not gone to these baby classes and social classes. and But now looking at him, he's like the complete opposite of any other children that I know. He's complete. I, I, I want to say feral, but he is... <laughs> He's like this. Yeah. He's like this feral child. He's so confident and he's absolutely insane. He's mental, but he's not frightened of anything. He'll yeah. go and he'll say hi to everyone in the shop. And so I'm thinking, do you think that's anything to do with them being locked down? That they've got this kind of is your, are yours like that? Is your is your girl like that, <laughs> or is it just mine? No, yeah, a little bit. She definitely is more shy than some of the other kids at her nursery. And I saw that in the recent nativity that I went and watched. Um, yeah, mine. But she's got a wits. Yeah, she's got a wits about her. She's very streetwise, which is great because I was always quite streetwise. And she's bloody hilarious, which is obviously no surprise because I am as well. But <laughs> she is, she's great. She's way more confident now than she has been. In the last month, her confidence has just gone through the roof. She having full-on conversations with people that she's never met before when we meet up with people, which is cool. Yeah, I think now looking back on it, I don't think it's had a massive knock-on effect, the lockdown situation. And maybe, look, maybe they were too young because at that age, obviously newborn, they just want parents and cuddling and feeding and whatever. Maybe maybe it's the kids that were slightly older that went through lockdown that may there may be more of a knock-on effect. So, for example, being taken out of school for almost a year probably had a knock-on effect for kind of like younger younger kids rather than the newborn stage but yeah I, d- I don't I haven't really thought that much into it I'm just like she spent a year with us we read to her every night we did whatever we could and now I'm just really enjoying seeing the difference in her every day every single day and some of the stuff she comes out with is just hilarious she has me in stitch at the lot of time and sometimes I've got to pinch myself because we'll be driving along and I'm like I've literally just been having a 10 minute adult conversation with her where We've been having a full-on back-and-forth conversation. And it's mad to think that it feels like last week where she couldn't speak at all. Yeah, I know. So my little boy, he was actually referred to speech and language when he was, I think, probably about a year old. Because he was really developed with other things, but his language was... He would babble a lot. He would... Or sometimes he would have some words that would come out, but not everything and a lot of it was unless you were me or his dad you probably couldn't understand what he was talking about we knew what his nonsense words meant but other people didn't and I was getting really panicky about it and then last week I did exactly the same as you I was sitting with him and I suddenly thought 
I've literally just had a half an hour conversation with you and I've not heard any nonsense words from you. Where's this language suddenly just appeared from? It just literally just came overnight and I didn't realise it out of nowhere. And he's full speech now. Yeah, so we do this thing. So I've always loved reading to my daughter before bed. Like we've just got this part of our routine now. And more recently, she's, Daddy, I want to read to you. And I'm like, okay, cool. No worries. I'll have a night off. So she'll be sat there reading her book to me and obviously just making it up, which is pretty clever. And then I also do this thing where after the book, I do a made up story and I've got quite a vivid imagination. So I will literally just make up a five minute story off the top of my head. She'll tell me what she wants to be about and I'll go with it. And the other night, she said, Daddy, I want to do the made up story tonight. And I was like, this will be interesting. And she went on for 10 minutes and her imagination, insane, because she just went off all these different avenues, all these different characters talking about stuff that we'd done together and holidays and whatever. And it was just like, whoa, yeah. like their imagination is incredible. And hopefully she keeps that because I think that will, yeah, that will benefit her definitely down there. Oh, 100%. I think it's one of the sad things actually that I've noticed with, and this is going back into you with your video and the sort of social media and things like that. But I know from like when I was younger, I used I would play with toys for hours because I'm I'm 35. I didn't have mobile phones and Sky TV and all of this technology that we've got now. And I would sit and play with toys, Barbies, everything for hours. And they would all have their own individual characters, stories. They would. My imagination was insane, like you say. I've mm. got a stepdaughter who is coming nine actually next week, and even when she was two, three years old, I noticed that she's never really had much of an imagination. And we took to, in Telford, which isn't far from us, we took her to a place called Wonderland, which I used to go to when I was younger. And I used to love it. It was like a walk through kind of wood and you'd got all these little characters. They didn't do anything. They were just, but obviously to, to me as a child, I used to think, oh my gosh, there's a bear in the wood. And she was so bored when we took her because she couldn't understand why the bear wasn't interacting with her she couldn't understand why the bear there was an Elsa doll in the window and she didn't understand why Elsa wasn't singing and moving and I suddenly thought about it afterwards because we were a bit like me and my husband we were a bit oh that's great we're taking you out for the day and all you've done is whinge while we've been here but yeah I said I thought about it afterwards and I started thinking actually I don't think that's really her fault. It is because she's had all of this stuff so readily available to her, like 24-hour TV that we've got. She's got, you can hire princesses to come to your party now. That was not a thing when I was little. Everything is available. And it does suck their imagination a little bit. They haven't got a need for an imagination anymore as children. And I'm like you, I've always read to my son and I've wanted to instill in him that he needs to have an imagination for himself yeah it's super important and i'm a massive fan of like the old school toys like we, we're lucky to have quite a traditional toy shop near where we live which has got all the old school like wooden toys and stuff and i'm like yeah give me some of that because that is that allows her to then create her own storylines and characters a bit like you did with barbies she can then come up with the storyline and then she integrates that toy into the rest of it and yeah i think it's super important and I think it, it's very easy, and I've done this, I'm guilty of this, to just go, here's an iPad, I just need to do the washing up. Here's an iPad, we're going to go on a long drive. And it's, I, I was saying to my partner the other day, every time I used to go in the car with my parents, 
if I wasn't watching my dad driving, which sounds really weird, but learning how to drive the car, I was looking out the window. Whereas my brother was headphones on deep in a PSP or a Nintendo or whatever. And now my brother struggles with kind of basic directions when driving, always relies on a map, not super streetwise, and he'll be the first to admit it. And I am. And I think that comes down to the fact I was looking out the window. I was aware of what was going on. I was looking at my dad changing gear and using the clutch, thinking that's how you do it. I then drove and I'd say I'm a better driver than my brother. And I think that, again, comes back to that of not chucking an iPad in front of me. But for some reason with him, it was like he's just all, and he still does. He's very into kind of gaming and stuff, which if it, nothing against it, but it can be very kind of tunnel vision and consuming. And can then have knock-on effects to other things. Yeah, I, I think we can all relate. I think the iPad has been a saving grace a lot of the time for me, but it also can be detrimental, I think. Yeah, way. no, I completely agree. So jumping back into a little bit about your business, I wanted to ask actually with regards to the video, because I know it's a bit of a hot topic with some of the, especially on TikTok at the moment, there's a lot of parenting bloggers and things like that. And I wanted to get your thoughts on sharing videos with your children. I know that it's, like, it's probably something you don't do and it's not something I do. And I, I know there are bloggers out there, especially all vloggers, I suppose, that do share videos of their children. And I wanted to see what your sort of thoughts are on that. Is there a safe way of doing it, do you think? Or is there a, is it a definite no. Yeah, so it's a really good question. It's something I speak to a lot of my clients about because part of my business is, or may, uh, the main part of it really, aside from video, is personal brand, building a personal brand using video. So with personal brand, you've got to put out stuff that's personal to you, which obviously for a lot of people will be children. Now, I believe that everyone draws the line. So wherever you want that line to be is up to you. So I've got a very good friend of mine who is, has got a considerable amount of followers on LinkedIn and Instagram is doing very well. And he absolutely, his kids are all over his LinkedIn. They do videos with him. That's that. For me, that's not something I want to do. Certainly not now. So what I do is I draw the line at, look, I will talk about her. I will talk about what she's taught me. I will post pictures of us, but just not pictures where she's, you can see her full face and it's like the focus of the shot. So I, I've drawn the line. In fact, I post out today a picture of me and her, and that's probably the, the most anyone's ever seen of her but she is still wearing sunglasses and a hat. So I think ultimately there is no right or wrong answer. Whether we like it or not, anyone that has children now, whether they're older or younger, are going to be on social media and use technology a lot more than we did. So there's no shying away from it. And I think you'd be mad to make it seem like this big bad thing. But ultimately, I also think it's super important that we are encouraging our children to go out and play and play with conquers and make dens and do all this sort of stuff because that's where I believe I learned the most growing up and also met met friends more when I was out and about doing stuff like that it's like the bonding element but it's very difficult to do that through a screen yeah, yeah I agree but it is like you say it is difficult to find that balance I I, I struggle with it myself because you do get told by especially on LinkedIn for example you read three things on LinkedIn and all these people say you've got to show your personal side and I'm thinking my personal side is being a mum. How do I show I'm a mum? And how do I show I'm my who I am and what I've done in the day without having him in the background? And I think, but I don't want him in the background because it's, you know, so yeah, it is just yeah. finding that right balance. I think ultimately a bit of advice for anyone out there that, because it took me a while to realise this, but a bit of advice for anyone out there that's, I want to start putting some content out, but don't know really where to start. 
I would focus on documenting rather than showcasing. I'm a massive advocate of that. So rather than here I am, I'm the best, this is why I'm the best, it's actually documenting what you're already doing. So if you go on your daily walks, if you do Pilates, if you've got three kids, like talk to us about the lessons that these three kids have taught you, talk about the significance of having children and owning a business, which is what we're talking about. So document what you're already doing because there are so many people out there that will be inspired by your journey and actually look to you for advice on the journey. I believe that we're all experts, but we're all experts in only the stuff that we've been through. So share the personal experiences that you've been through and mainly the lessons. That's exactly what I've done for the last few years and I'll continue to do. I'm absolutely not the best video marketer. I'm absolutely not the best business person, hands down. But I am doing it in my own way that's different to everyone else. Simple as that. And if people like that, great, let's chat. If people don't, no problem. There's plenty of other people that can help you. And that's the point. I am exactly the same online as I am offline. And I think if you can go home at the end of the day and say that you've been 100% yourself on and offline, that's pretty fulfilling. And that's a good feeling. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. No, I think that's a great piece of advice, actually. Yeah. I have to ask, I was looking at your website. Now, this is a weird question and a random question, but I was looking at your website yesterday and I noticed that you got at the bottom, you accept pizza for payment sometimes. So I have to ask two questions. What is your favorite pizza? And B, has that ever actually happened? Has anyone ever actually offered you a pizza as payment? Yeah. So first question is the meatier, the better. So I'm a meat feast man, not a barbecue man, not really a spicy kind of guy, but meaty that's me sorted. Don't put any of those vegetable things on it and certainly don't put the dreaded pineapple anywhere near me. Yeah, same with my husband. Yeah, if it's got a vegetable on it, he'll just yeah throw it away. Yeah. yeah. Pineapple should be illegal anyway, but we yeah. won't go into that because it will just it would cause chaos. But people that follow me know that's my opinion anyway. So meaty pizzas. And then the second thing is, yes, absolutely. When I first started, I worked for free for a very long time. So coffees and pizza were regularly given to me as a thanks and actually a lot of my current clients especially local ones know that i'm pizza mad so for example my boxing gym which is a bit controversial when you think about it but my boxing gym recently paid me in pizza for doing some content for them because underneath the boxing gym is one of the best pizza places in the whole world Isn't that and they knew that so a they, thing of yeah reason. yeah yeah it's, uh, like I mean, it's a great test or something that they're above or yeah yeah it's not ideal but yeah, basically there was a pizza, a meaty pizza waiting for me when I arrived. People, local clients especially, I'm always open to it. But just to clarify, I definitely don't just accept the pizza <laughs> payment. I do like any money as well. Maybe a Christmas present. Was pizza it? ain't pay my mortgage. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there you go. Christmas present for you. <laughs> Some Probably. money and a pizza. There you go. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I'm really happy that you came on. It's so nice to talk to you. but. Do you want to just let people know where they can find you and drop your social links and if you've got any promotions or anything that you've got going on at the moment? Any? Yeah, thank you so much for having me as well. And I, I love what you're doing. I think this is a super, super important and powerful conversation. I want you to keep having it. I want you to get more dads on here as well. Hopefully this is the start of getting some more dads on here. Shout out to the dads and also the mums and parents and guardians and all of you lot because you're doing amazing. No one has it worked out, so just keep doing your thing. And yes, I... I'm active 24-7 on LinkedIn and Instagram. My Instagram is I am Harrison Cantel and my LinkedIn is just Harrison Cantel. Please send me a message if you need any assistance with personal branding or video. I'm more than happy to help any of the listeners here or viewers to get started with video and get their first video out there. 
And yeah, I have a variety of different offers and services going on, but I would urge you if you are looking to put content out online, make money from it, boost your authority and visibility online, just drop me a message and I'll take it from there. Perfect. And I can completely vouch for Harrison as well because he's done a couple of videos for me and he's been amazing. He's been so easy to work with and so fun to work with as well. So it's great. Finally then, just to finish off, do you have any, not that you haven't shared already, but do you have a little piece of information for any of the dads out there in terms of either maybe if they're thinking again, content and struggling with content, any pieces of advice that you can give to them and maybe just a little bit of a snippet as to how, you, how they can balance running a business and being a dad as well any little tips that you've got yeah i think the first thing is peel back some layers don't shy away from the reality because as you've heard from this conversation if you've listened to it all you'll know that there are a lot of things that i'm talking about that you've probably experienced or are experiencing yourself i think as men stereotypically on paper we do hold things back bottle things up because we're meant to be manly and masculine and whatever and actually the best thing i ever did was talk and I will not stop talking about mental health and I will not stop talking about what I do and what I've been through because I know the DMs I'm getting are telling me that people are finding it helpful. Yeah. And I'm an advocate of mental health and I've been through some horrendous mental battles and I may do again, but I'm more prepared than ever to do that because I'm speaking openly. So I would say to any dads out there that are you know, running a business or struggling in any way, the first thing is talk. And then in answer to your question about the content, document not showcasing just emphasizing that of you're doing amazing you've had experiences in your life that are significantly interesting and relevant and useful to other people put them out to the world and actually i'd argue that you're being selfish if you don't because there are people out there that need what you have been through and what you have to offer yeah amazing love that and i i completely agree with you about the talking as well i think it's Obviously, it is such a, a huge thing with men's mental health as well and dad's mental health at the moment. And it, there is a stigma around them doing it, that they're supposed to be seen as strong and the providers and, and that's it. But bottling it up isn't going to help. And if you have got a, a wife or a partner or someone you can talk to, that is the main thing to do to start off. Just talk to them and talk to someone about it. Don't bottle up what you're feeling, even if it seems trivial to you in your head if it feels trivial talk about it women do we're very open about sort of certain things and there's nothing wrong and nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about if you're feeling a little bit low or stressed or worried about something just the worst thing you can do is let it build up and and become this kind of overwhelming kind of thing and then before it gets overwhelming let it out i think is the main thing yeah no well said absolutely agreed lovely it was amazing to talk to you harrison thank you so much again for jumping on i, I really appreciate it so thank you for listening guys to the balancing business and babies podcast and um, we will see you in the next episode ciao ciao